0: The 22nd of May, 2008, episode 99. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. I had the distinct pleasure of attending some quality training not too long ago, a couple weeks ago at my full-time job. And although some of the topics are a little boring, I actually thought that it was some really good stuff that would pertain to what we do as professionals as well. I thought I could bring some of that to the table today. So that's what we're going to be talking about is quality training. If you don't know exactly what that is, don't worry about it because we're going to talk about it. It's not a very complicated theme. It's actually some stuff that's kind of basic in nature but I think can really apply to our jobs and help us to work a little bit better. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Just a couple of things to get out of the way. First off, um, if you weren't with us last episode, you haven't listened to number 98 yet, we started a conversation about the future of this podcast and if there is a future to this podcast. Um, Things have gotten very busy on my end and uh, I think, definitely it's the thought has entered my brain of uh not continuing this podcast you know past june i guess is what i think is what my advertising deal is is at currently um i've gotten lots of good feedback and people with great ideas of what to do and what not to do um you know one of which was maybe that i should just do one podcast per month Uh, A definite possibility in a way that I see that I probably could continue the podcast because that's not too much of a strain on my time uh, doing it just once a month. Um, The other suggestion was to just shorten the shows, which would also help. But one of the problems that I have is coming up with the content, like what do we want to talk about? And uh, that's something that, I don't know, it doesn't seem that stressful, but sometimes it is because I have to come up with these ideas. So uh, I don't know if that's really the answer, I think something more like cutting down the the number of the shows would probably be more of an answer. Whatever the case, if the con- if the podcast doesn't continue, the website would, will still be there for you. Uh, so those of you who, who are on the forum, don't worry, that's not going to go away. Uh, I'm also going to try and uh, use this opportunity of having more time not podcasting to actually work on the website a little bit more. You know, I have a, a blog up there that it's supposed to have news and and new stuff that comes out that that pertains to designers. And it's really lacking right now. It hasn't, I don't think I've posted in a couple of months. So uh, I'm hoping that that will pick up uh, with the, you know, reduced time that I'm spending doing the podcast. And also app clinic is going to continue. That one's not going away. That one is a good one for me because it doesn't take up much of my time. It takes about 10 minutes to record it and uh, less than that to edit it. So really I mean, that's that's why that one's going to survive. This one has a lot of prep work that goes along with it and a lot of editing and production co- uh, production times. So, you know, I had some, some people suggest that we do like a roundtable so I don't have to do all the research and uh, we can get other people's opinions. That's a great idea, but it makes for more work as far as the production goes. So, you know, if somebody else would like to start a podcast and have a roundtable, have at it, uh, I'd be more than happy to join you on that roundtable and maybe talk every once in a while, but I don't want to be the one that's uh, putting that together because it would take twice as long as what I do right now. So um, I do welcome these ideas, though. There are no bad ideas. Uh, I like everything that I've heard. It's just not everything is going to fit into you know, what I need to do with, uh, with the limited time that I have. Anyways, I don't want to bore you guys with too much of that. Today we do have a regular show, and that show is being brought to you by GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting gives you a great way to meet with other people who may be around the, you know, on the other side of of the globe, but that's okay because they actually log in through their browser and they can see everything that you're doing on your desktop in real time. And you guys are on a phone conference, so you're being able to explain things to them and you don't have to explain them over and over again because they can actually see what's going on on your computer. Now, this is very cost effective because, one, they don't have to travel to you to have the meeting and, and have you show them what you're doing. And also because you, play, you pay one flat fee and you can meet as many times as you want. It's not by the minute. It's not by the meeting. You just pay that one flat fee. So it's a great piece of software. Um, it's real-time sharing of whatever you need to share. If it's a, you know a website you're working on for somebody or just some comps that you need to show them and get feedback, it's a great tool. Uh, you can try this out for free for 30 days. You just need to go to this URL. That is gotomeeting.com. Slash Tech Podcasts at go to meetingcom slash Tech Podcasts. Uh, you'll fill out a short form and you'll be able to download it and use it for free for thirty days. So check that out. All right. So for our show today, again, we're going to be talking about quality. I went through a, a quality training. It was actually called Service Excellence, and it's just kind of a training to to help you figure out how you're working if it's an effective way that you're working and can it be approved on and different strategies for making sure that, you know, things get done in the way that they're supposed to, that you're relating to your coworkers in the way that, you know, facilitates a, a smooth process for all the things that you're doing and, and things of that nature. So where are we talking about that today? Um, there's, there's just certain ways to go about business that can make things more successful. And, uh, we, we talk about a lot of these things all the time, you know, more specifically to our profession, things like workflow, uh, things like relating to your customers and um, doing your research and planning ahead. We talk about these things all the time, and this is the kind of thing that that's really goes into this quality, but this is kind of more on a broad scale. We're not talking technicalities here, although I'm going to bring some examples from what we might be doing just to kind of explain some of these things. Um, it may seem like common sense or things that you might normally do uh, for some of these things i 'll be talking about, but you 'll find that similar mistakes are made all over the place it's, it even in these big giant corporations, some of our biggest companies in the world you 'll find people that have jobs that probably shouldn 't even be there you know, but it 's just because of people overlooking these processes or overlooking the fact that this person is in their job just doing something that's really not necessary that this thing goes on all the time. So, you know, some of the largest corporations have brought in people to teach these different values, these different strategies for working better, uh, so that they can eliminate costs that they're losing on people who don't really need to be there or who aren't doing their job correctly. We are of course dealing with smaller organizations, uh, such as a design team. If you're part of a small design team, um, then it's it's going to be a little bit different than you know somebody getting lost in a large corporation. So things are going to fall through the cracks quite as much as that. But uh, some of these same strategies are going to be very helpful for you for working with those team members and making sure that everything is is going smoothly. Uh, also, especially if you're just by yourself, you're doing freelance um, you do have other people that you work with, although it may not seem like it. You're just sitting there on your computer. You actually have to work with, you know, your clients, whoever that might be, or you might be working with a marketing person. That's an in between for talking to your client, and these people are very important, even though they're not part of, you know, your actual business. These are people that you have to relate to. You have to. Um, Get certain things from them and supply them with certain things. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. So they're very they're key in the success of your processes and your business as well. So make sure that uh, you understand that. Um, the first thing we're going to be talking about is kind of the the procedure that you go through to get to your end product. And the ideal way to do things is. And the way that that was laid out in this lesson that we had was ready, aim, fire is what you want to be doing. You want to have your plan. You want to get ready. You know, and the analogy is a good one. If you're going to shoot, you're trying to shoot a can or something, you're going to get ready. You're going to make sure your gun is loaded, make sure that it's working properly. Then you're going to aim at the can, excuse me. And then you're going to fire and hopefully hit it and hit your target. Now, if we go in a different, if we twist those all up and say, like, ready, fire, aim, you know, we were ready to do the project maybe, but then we just executed it without aiming first. So we're not necessarily going to hit the target that we needed to hit. And thus, we're going to end up having to do things over again. Uh, Even worse than that would be fire, ready, aim. And that's when things just need to get done right now and just jump right on it and don't do your processes. You know, don't do, you don't do comps. Uh, you don't do the preparation that's the research that's necessary to get it done correctly. You just go ahead and make something. And then you're trying to get ready They bring it back to you. And you basically, again, you're having to start over. You're wasting time. So, you know, if these things aren't done in the correct order, then your success rate is going to go way, way down. Uh, of course, there's the worst one, which is fire, 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 where you're just, you know, trying to put things out so fast that you're just not really even paying attention to what it is you're doing at all. And that's obviously the worst thing you can do. So we want to take that same approach every time, and that's ready, aim, fire. Again, we're talking about doing a research. We're talking about laying out a game plan for a successful project and making sure that all the steps are accounted for so that you don't end up having to go back and do things over a second time. So having that game plan is everything. And I know we've talked about that over and over again, and uh, it's never going to go away. That's how things really need to be done. Uh, don't try and skip steps in a process, or again, you may end up doing things more than once. Um, it could be the smallest thing too. You know, it's it's we we make processes for a reason, and it's so that things can go smoothly each time that we do them, because there are certain things that we do every single time we do a project. All our projects might not be the same, but some of those steps are going to be the same. And if we just try skipping over some of them sometimes, uh, it's going to really hinder our process. Uh, too often we're concerned with getting things out the door and, and we can rush through things that me- need more time. And I kind of talked about this a little bit last week. Um, it, it's This can absolutely be the result when you put too many things on your plate at one time. Now you have all these deadlines of all these different things that you're trying to hit. You're trying to get everything out the door as fast as you can, and you're not paying attention to them. You're not giving them the care and the feeding that they need to make sure that it's an excellent project that's up to the standards of your work. You're just trying to get things out quickly so that you're not late on the deadline. So um, that's just one example, of course. Sometimes there's other reasons why you're just kind of fire, fire, firing things out. But uh, you really need to make sure that you have the time to focus on each and every project, give it the attention that it needs, and uh, sometimes even the care and feeding afterwards, you know if you're if you're making a website or something like this, once you're done designing that thing, it's not over. There's things that you need to do to make sure that that continues to run smoothly and uh, make sure that you have a good product that you've given to your client. Uh, the next thing in the uh, training is customer focus and uh, this is kinda implied by the name but both you and the customer play the role of supplier and we're gonna talk a little bit about supply chains in a little while but basically if you work with others then they're your internal customers you end up giving them some things they need something from you that basically means they're your customer you're giving them something they can also be your suppliers maybe you need something from them to get your job done because of this, everybody has to be on the same page for things to get done correctly. You know, if you need uh, X, Y, and Z from someone that's uh, you know, one of the other designers you're working with, maybe, or maybe one of the clients that you're doing freelance for, you need certain things from them to be able to make the, the project, whatever it is, uh, complete, and they only give you X and Y, then you're not gonna be able to do your job effectively. So having this customer focus Is a very important key because you have to be able to talk to talk with this person and understand what they need from you, and also let make sure that they understand what you need from them so everything can go smoothly there. Um, All involved parties are part of a supply chain, and like I said, we'll be talking about that in a couple minutes. But this chain really must operate smoothly, as you can see. You know, if something breaks down in one of these links of the chain, it's going to affect everything after it. So you know if things break in the very beginning then you're going to be in trouble and if things break on your link then you're not you're not effectively communicating and both people on you know each person on that link has a direct correlation a direct relationship with the two that are closest to them like i said if somebody needs to give you something it's not just up the up to them to know what to give you you have to make sure that they know what the requirements are what you need from them everything that you need to get your part of the job done so that they can give that to you and vice versa. When you're dealing with someone else that needs something from you, you need to make sure that you understand, make sure that they're giving you the information that you need so that you know what to give them. Uh, That directly goes into the next thing, which is total involvement. Everyone must do their part to make sure that the processes roll. And this is what I was just talking about. If it breaks down anywhere in that chain, then you're going to have big problems. So Everybody needs to be involved. Like I said, it's not just up to the person giving things to the other person to know what it is that they need. The person that that is receiving also needs to make sure that they say, hey, here's my list or here's my requirements. Here's a, a specification document that tells you everything that I need from you. Whatever it might be, you need to make sure that they understand that there's a certain list of things, a certain group of things that you need from them and you need to make sure that they're set up for success that they can uh, smoothly give you everything that you need to get and, and do it in the way that's that works with your process that makes everything go um, very quickly and very efficiently and everything works. Communication as you might think would be a huge part of that. Uh, obviously you know, if you're not good at talking to someone, if you're not good at relaying information, then you're going to have problems with this. It doesn't necessarily have to be a conversation that you're having with this person. And it also doesn't necessarily have to be kind of a, you know, I'm your superior, this is what you're supposed to give me type of situation. Although it could be that situation, there may be a supervisor that you're, you're giving things to, or it could be the other way, other way around. Maybe you're requiring some things of a supervisor. So it really has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, are you guys or are you people able to communicate with each other and let each other know everything that you need to get the job done? Um, is it okay for you to go back and say, I don't understand what you're requiring of me? You know, that's that's a big part of it too, because I I know a lot of people out there They don't understand something and they'll just continue with it anyways and just kind of go with what they think, you know, it might be. And that is absolutely the wrong way to go about it. Uh, I've said it before, but always make sure if you don't understand something, you need to be able to communicate with that person and say, hey, I don't understand. What do you need from me? Can you break it down? You know, can you put it in simpler terms for me so that I can be successful and give you what you need? When you do this, um, it makes sure that everything works correctly the first time. You don't want to go through doing something just thinking, oh, this this is what I think they need. And then you give it to them and it's not that at all. Um, again, there you end up doing things over and over again and it wastes time. The next thing is measurement. And the big thing with measurement is it's hard to know what can be made better about your workflow or your processes or whatever it is that you're doing when you don't know how well things are working in the first place. There's lots of different types of measurement. The most basic forms, one of the most basic forms of measurement for us, I think would be timing. And that is like timing yourself while you're doing something. I've stressed this over and over again, especially for freelancers. It's not a bad idea for you know someone in a full-time job that's not necessarily on a time schedule per se. I mean, you still probably have deadlines. But you usually don't have to know, you know, how much, exactly how much time you spent on a certain task. But it's probably not the worst thing in the world for you to know. Because, you know, it takes you a certain amount of time to manipulate photos in Photoshop. It takes you a certain amount of time to lay out a page in InDesign or lay out a web page in Dreamweaver or build, you know, uh, build some kind of demo in Flash, it takes you a certain amount of time to do these things, and it's not the worst thing in the world if you know how long exactly it takes. Now it's not going to take exactly as long because not every project is exactly the same. But you're going to find that similar tasks in each of those programs is going to take you about the same amount of time. You know, give or take, you know, depending on how much of it you're doing. Um, but knowing these things is good because, you know, if you can cut a few corners, and I don't mean cut things out or leave things out. But I mean make things quicker, like maybe using key commands instead of using the menus all the time. And you can see an improvement in that time that it takes you to do things. That's a form of measurement. You just use measurement to your benefit because you know you've improved the process because it's going faster than it usually does. Um, this is probably the, the the most basic example I can give for our kind of work. But basically the point is you know, you're trying to figure out something like time because of course time is money. And the longer it takes you to do something, the more time you're spending on it, the more it costs the company who's paying you or the client who's paying you because that's usually how we charge even if we, you know, give them some kind of quote for an amount of a random amount of money that we're going to charge them for a project, it's usually based on how long we think it's going to take us to get that project done. So measurement is a, a big thing to do and I've said it again and again. It's probably a very, very good idea for you to figure out how long it takes for you to do things. The last one is continuous improvement. And this one kind of speaks for itself. We always want to get better at what we're doing. And hopefully we do. Now, we can do this several different ways. With education, is always going to help us be better. What I was just talking about with uh, maybe using shortcuts or improving processes, the way we do things, um, learning different tricks that will help us do things faster. All these things are an improvement on how we do our job. And we should always be looking for a better way to get the job done. Uh, And the best example of why maybe you might want to do this is if you're freelancing and you are one of those people like me who gives kind of a quote. You know, I say, okay, we're going to do project A. It's going to cost you $1,500. I don't say project A uh I'm going to work on it and when I'm done, you know, we're going to multiply the hours by $35 an hour. That's not how I do it. I give them a flat number, which means, you know, and I base that again, I base it off of how long I think it's going to take for me to do the project and I do the multiplication by myself. So, what that means is if, you know, no matter how long it takes me to get this job done, which, you know, hopefully it gets done by the deadline, um I'm going to get paid that $1,500. Meaning if I can find ways to speed up my workflow, speed up my processes and get that thing done in half the time, then that other half of the time can be spent, you know, sitting on the beach or taking on another job and making even more money or doing whatever I want to basically. And, you know, it's not like that. I It's not like me ripping off the customer because they already agreed to the price that I did, that I, that I put in the, you know, the initial quote, It's not like me, you know, trying to skip out on anything because I just found a way to be more efficient and do the project quicker. It's me getting free time. It's me getting, you know, maybe you might call it extra money for being efficient. And if you find that you're more and more efficient all the time and it takes you less time and you want to charge the client less, maybe that's a good way for you to get more clients. You know, take them away from other potential designers that they might go to. Maybe that's what you do. Or maybe, you know, you just stick with, okay, this usually takes me this long, but I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to do it as fast as I can. You know, still making sure that you do a good job. We're not talking about just busting it out real quick and not really caring what it looks like. We're talking about finding ways to do our job better so that things get done quicker and having that extra time and still making the same amount of money. Nevertheless, uh, we always want to have that continuous improvement. You know, if we're working a full-time job and at some point we want to get another, a different job, then it's going to help you have the edge over other ca- candidates because you can work better, you can work faster, um, you have different abilities that, that let you get the job done just as well as the other person, yet you can do it you know, more efficiently. The keys to the game. We have a few key commands today, and they are in InDesign. And there are different ways to fill an object. And an object would, of course, be if you're using like the rectangle tool or something like that. You draw out a rectangle, and you want to fill it with a certain color. There are actual keys that you can use to do that. If you press the period key, it'll fill that with the the gradient. And if you press the comma key it'll fill that object with the last solid color that was chosen. So whichever one you were using last, it'll fill it with that. If you use the slash key, it'll fill it with none, which basically means it's going to be empty. But if you have a color in it and you want to get rid of the color, press the slash key, it'll fill it with none. Uh, These things should help you out and make things very quick in InDesign. All right, moving along in the lesson, Uh, the next thing is there are two dimensions to every job. The first dimension is what do you do? And the question you'd ask yourself here are, are you doing the right things? That might sound like a silly question, but there probably are occasions where you find yourself doing something that really isn't necessary. It might be something that could seem necessary at the time or could seem beneficial and maybe it's not. Um, maybe a good example for this one for us would be, you know, are you on the right path? You could be doing totally wrong things if you didn't listen to the customer, what they wanted. If you're working ahead without getting their approval on something, that would be considered doing the wrong things. If you're working on something and you bring it back to the customer and they say, this isn't what I wanted because you didn't check with them and make sure that you were doing the right things. It can happen very, very easily. So you got to be careful of that. The second thing is, how do you do it? And the question to ask yourself here is are you doing things the right way? So when you combine these things together, uh there's a lot of different scenarios where uh you know things can be done. You can be doing thing, right things, <laughs> excuse me, you can be doing the right things the wrong way. And uh you know, if you if you're not, you know, following instructions, not necessarily that you're doing things that the person doesn't want, want you to do, but maybe you're just not doing them correctly. Um, you could be doing the right things wrong. You could be making the page layout the way that they wanted it, but you're not using the color scheme that they asked you for. That would be right things wrong. You could be doing the wrong things wrong, and that would be uh, obviously the worst thing. Like I said, you could be working on something that they, they don't even want, and you know, you're, you're not following their specifications as well. You could be doing the wrong things right. Again, you could be working ahead and making this beautiful layout that's going to be very functional and probably would sell millions and millions of their products, but it's not what they want. That would be wrong things the right way. Of course, you want to do things, the right things, the right way. That's ideal. So make sure you ask yourself this question when you think of all the different things that you do. And it could be... It could be anything that you do as well. It could be if you're doing, uh, if you're doing freelance, maybe just some of the processes that you use to maybe, you know, collect the time that you spend on everything, the way you bill your customers. You know, it could be something very small like that that you're doing all the time. That maybe it's not something that you should be doing. Uh, maybe you're not doing it correctly. Uh, you got to really scrutinize everything that you're doing because everything that you do is really costing you money by taking up your time and if it's not doing the right things the right way then that's inefficient and it should be corrected. All right, the next thing is the costs. The costs associated with the things that you're doing. And there are necessary costs and there are avoidable, costs. there are avoidable costs. There's certain things that incur a cost that is unavoidable. That's something that needs to be there to get the job done. Examples of this might be software. Obviously, you need software if you need to work on that particular software to get the job done. Um, your time, the time you spend, is a big one. Obviously, we, we've talked a little bit about this already, but you know you spend a certain amount of time on things, and some of it, you know is, is right on. Some of it is, has to be spent. You have to take that time, and some of it probably avoidable. Some of it you might find that you're actually wasting a little time. Uh, a good example for a necessary cost would be pre-flighting. And uh, in our little training here, we had different three different kinds of costs. And the, the first one was prevention costs. Preflighting flighting would be a good example of prevention costs. Uh, it could also go into the second one, which is inspection costs. And that one probably would fit it a little bit better because pre-flighting, what we're doing is we're inspecting our work before it goes out. You know, to the web or to the printer to make sure that there's no mistakes, to make sure that we don't end up having something sent back to us or having to do things a second time. Uh, prevention costs, maybe a better example of prevention costs would be a design spec or a design brief. And that, of course, would be the instructions for what's going to happen in our project, how we're going to do it, what's required of us, what needs to be in there, what doesn't need to be in there. Uh, that's probably a better example of prevention costs. Uh, the last one is failure costs. And these, of course, are the avoidable ones. This is what happens when we don't follow the design spec, when we don't do pre-flighting. Then you know, it goes to the printer. And God forbid it goes through the printer without getting fixed. But most times, you know, maybe they'll catch something and give it back to you. And then you have to do things over again. You have to send it back to the printer again. They have to take the time to go through and and make you, you know, some kind of comp so that you can check it out. That's going to cost you more. You know, if they make you another blue line or something like that, that's going to, you're actually going to spend more money on that because they're having to do it a second time. Uh, same thing with the web. You know, you're you having to spend more time you know, putting up a new build to get all the correct information out there. So these are the things that you're trying to avoid. And the way that we try to avoid them is with the prevention costs and the ins- inspection costs, these are the things you want to be spending money on, the things that help you to do things correctly in the first place so that you're not you know, wasting maybe actual cash, but most definitely wasting money by wasting your time by doing things a second time. When you really didn't have to do things a second time. So, you know, much of our avoidable costs will be attributed to doing things over again when it's not really necessary. And that's what we're trying to get out of the process, out of the workflow. When we're talking about mistakes or, or fixing problem areas, there's a rule in here that's called the 110 100 rule. And basically, this says that when a problem is not fixed, it only becomes more costly to fix later in terms of both time and money. So if you let things slide you know if let's say there's just three chains, three people that something has to go through and there's a problem on your end at the very beginning and you don't fix that it goes on to the other person it's going to become more costly each time. So if it goes on to the next person they go through and they figure it out, and now they got to send it back to you. If it makes it all the way to the third person, you're going through three different levels to fix this problem. And it could get worse and worse, especially if people don't notice that there is a problem in the first place. So number one would be catching and fixing problems in your work area. That's ideal. That's what we want to do. We don't want to send something on to you know one of our design team members if there's a problem with it already. The 10 would be catching and fixing problems after they have le- left your work area. And this sometimes happens. This happens quite a bit, actually. You know, I'll send something onto the marketing team for this, for them to finalize and proof, and I'll find some kind of problem with it, you know, after I send it to them. Now I have to go back and say, okay, we got to hold up what you're doing there. I need it back. I need to fix this, and then I'll give you another copy of it. Uh, the 100 is repairing the damage for problems caught by the external customer, and that of course is the worst one. Um, an external customer could even be the printer, just like I was talking about a minute ago. If something makes it all the way to the printer, you know, God forbid, you're printing twenty thousand of your brochures and there's an there's an error on it, and the printer doesn't catch it, and now you have twenty thousand mistakes that have to either be dealt with or be replaced. And now you're actually spending more money and you're spending more time, and you get the idea there. But also, you know, even sometimes when they catch it, you're going to incur a cost as well to fix that problem. So just remember, you know, the the sooner we can catch these problems, which is goes back to why pre-flighting is so, so important. And also, you know, the design spec or doing your research and figuring out what your client needs from you. That's why those things are so, so important because... If we know all that information up front, we have a better chance of success of doing things right in the very beginning and making sure there's no mistakes, making sure we're on the right path. So when we hand it on to the next level, whatever that might be, we're confident that it's going to be able to move forward without having to come back to us to fix something. All right, I've been talking about a lot about this customer supplier chain. And it's basically the relationship between you And those immediate people around you who maybe you're either handing stuff off to or you're getting stuff from to make your job flow the way it needs to flow. You need to know, first of all, where you fit in that chain. So just take a particular project that you've worked on and think about the people that you touched. Okay, If you're doing a freelance project, maybe you were working with a marketing person that marketing person went and they got all the information they needed to know from the client, you know, to make let's say a brochure. Okay, they need to know they 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 figure out what this brochure needs to be, what the function of it is, and they're going to relay that information to you. Okay, along with specifics like what kind of colors do they want, uh, where does the logo the logo go, what kind of imagery are we going to use, and you know what kind of copy is going to be included in it. These are all the things that you need from this marketing person. So they become, you become their customer. They are supplying you with certain things so that you can get the job done. Now on the other side of you, maybe a printer. You know, once everything gets done, you know, the marketing person is probably also going to be your customer because you're going to be going back and forth, making sure that you have that final product that everyone can agree upon. But also, you know, if you're sending it to the printer, then... They would be your customer. You are supplying them with certain things that they need to get the job done, most uh, most notably the the files to get it done, uh, any set of special instructions. If it needs to be die cut a certain way or if there's anything crazy that needs to happen to it, you need to make sure that you're giving them all that information so that they can do the job correctly. And going back just to kind of recap again, the communication is so important here because everybody needs to know their set of instructions. They need to know everything that they need to know to get that job done correctly. Because if you don't relay that information, then there's a mistake where you are. And we just talked about the 110-100 thing. You know, you don't want any mistakes in your area. You want to make sure that everything is getting done the way that it needs to get done when you pass it over. And then hopefully they'll do their job correctly as well and things won't have any problems. So the big thing here, make sure that you get what you need from your suppliers. Again, an example that would be the marketing person giving you all this the required specifications of the project, uh, anything, you know, maybe personal preferences that the client has that they really want in their design. Make sure you get all that and make sure that, um, that you give all that is required when you are the supplier. Again, that would be you giving stuff to the printer. They need to know certain things. And if you have questions about, you know, you don't know everything that you need to give the printer, ask them. They're going to be able to tell you everything. I've told this before, too. Something that I noticed that going through school myself and not really having any hands-on experience with going to print, I know that this happens in a lot of schools. So they tell you things. I mean, we had to fill out, you know, service bureau forms to say, okay, I want this kind of paper. I want, uh, you know, this many colors, blah, blah, blah. We did that, but that still doesn't really show you what it's like to actually deal with a printer. And the, the thing I always try and get across is the printer is there to help you. You know, you don't have to be nervous about the fact that you might not know everything that they need to know from you, like types of paper. It's a very good example. Um, not everybody is going to know, you know, what kind of paper they need, how thick it, the stock needs to be, um, what kind of paper they need. So these are types of things that the printer can really help you out with. Also things like varnish. You know, how is this thing finished? Is it going to be, you know, finished with some kind of glossy varnish or something like that. You're probably not going to know these things until you've been doing it for a while. So never, never be afraid to ask the printer. That's what they're there for. They're going to be able to give you that information. And again, that goes back to the communication thing. If you don't know something, then ask, make sure that everything gets covered. Even if it has to come from a conversation that you have with that person to make sure that you're on the same page and make sure that everything gets done the right way. So, I think some good steps in here, again, maybe maybe not all of them are going to directly relate to what you're doing, but in some way or another, I think a lot of them probably will. And um, you'll probably find some things that you're doing that you might not necessarily need to do, or maybe they're being, do- being done incorrectly, or maybe they're just wasting a little bit of your time, and you can gain that time back so that you can... Be more productive or be less productive and sit on the couch more. Whatever the case, uh, things can always be done better, and this is a great way for us to try and analyze what we're doing and really improve those processes all the time, which is a great thing for us. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. I recently went on an interview. And um I usually kinda share my experiences with everyone on that. Uh this latest one was a little bit different. Uh it's for a little bit bigger corporation. So and it's it's a job that has a, a design team. And the rookie mistake here is don't assume that a job interview is all about your skills. I can't say that I really made this mistake myself, but it, it just kind of made me think about it, the way their interview process went. Is, you know, who you are and what kind of person you are is many times just as important when you're applying for a job, especially those which you'll be working closely with a team of other designers or working closely with, you know, an art director or somebody else that has to deal with you on a daily basis and really interact with your personality and, you know, the different things that that make you up. That's many times just as important as what kind of skills you have. Now, obviously, you know, if somebody has superior skills to you and, you know, they're just a little annoying, maybe they might still get the job, but when it comes right down to it, some companies and this company that I interviewed with was very much like this. They've been looking and looking for a long time to fill this position and they're being very, very picky because they want somebody that's going to be successful. They want somebody that their team can welcome with open arms that they know is going to fit, you know, the personality of the team. And it's very important. It's it's a big reason why I've been in my current job for so long because I get along well with the people that I work with and thus we're able to communicate better, we're able to work together as a team and not have to worry about things, you know, going wrong that really have nothing to do with the work that's being done. It's just, you know, has everything to do with how well you work with that person. So the lesson here again just make sure that you know To be yourself in the interview they're not looking for you to act like somebody they want to hire they want to make sure that you meaning the person that you are are the right fit for the job the right fit for the team that you're going to be working with and just remember that because that does play a big part in uh, the hiring process things are getting a bit out of hand looks like it's time to go to the bullpen Our website for today is kind of like a tribute. I was just talking about this website, and I put a link in, I believe, the last entry, and that could very well have been why this happened, but uh, Smashing Magazine actually just did an article called Useful Podcasts for Designers and Developers, and we were featured in that, uh, along with some of the, uh, the uh, normal suspects here. Uh, Boag World, which is uh, a web design podcast, that's uh, We were actually written up in a magazine together before. Uh, there's a couple other web development ones in here. And, of course, Rookie Designer was in there as well. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to this. But I love this this blog, this website anyways. And I think I've actually put it in the bullpen before. But um, it has all kinds of tutorials, um, how-tos. It It has showcases to where you can actually go and look at other people's work, which is a great thing. Um, It also just has graphics news, or design news, things that happen around. And uh, also, I found desktops here, or uh, wallpapers for desktops. I found different icon sets here before for download. So cool stuff like that even, you can find. But uh, lots of inspiration here and lots of training as well. And uh, also a big shout out for putting me on the website there. But uh, check that out. It's at smashingmagazine.com. I'm also going to put the link to this particular article in the uh, the show notes for today. And uh, it's a really long URL, so I'll just put it in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, you'll be able to find it there. All right, so that's it for this time. Again, uh, no final decision has really been made on what's going to happen with this show. So in the meantime, you can still tell all your friends about it. Um, Tell a friend. That's how we get the word out there about Rookie Designer. And even if the show does end up going away or getting very limited, all the archives are still going to be up there. There's going to be 100, maybe 100-plus 100 podcasts for people to go up and listen to. And, of course, you can go in the archives anytime and grab those and uh, be able to get what you can out of it. So uh, this resource is going to stay here for sure. And you can definitely tell your friends about it or tell people that you think might benefit from checking out the website or listening to the podcasts. Tell them about it, and that would be a big help to me. Uh, you can still contact me, too, if you want to. You can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookiedesigner. You can go to the forum at rookiedesigner.com slash forum. There's still tons and tons, hundreds of designers from around the world up there. Great conversations. And I still definitely would recommend that anybody who has any ideas of maybe what, what we should do going forward with this podcast, you can put them up. There's a, there's a string on the forums, I believe, already under the Rookie section. Um, you can also send me a personal email if you want. You can Skype me. My username is Titan Strides. And uh, like I said, I'm open to all, any and all suggestions. Not necessarily that I'm going to follow them all, but uh, I like the input. And I definitely want to make sure that uh, at least a good resource stays up there for everyone who's been so, so loyal to me in uh, subscribing and listening every week or every other week or every, every, every other week as it's been lately. But uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. It means the world to me that, you know, you guys tune in and many of you have stuck with me for so long and uh, give me such great feedback for, you know, what I consider just me blabbing for... You know, an hour about things that I've experienced before but obviously we can see that some of these experiences when passed on can be a very valuable lesson so anyways uh, we will be talking to you soon hopefully in a couple of weeks with a new topic and just remember that everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star that one's high, it's got the distance, it's high